Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the Thunder Underground podcast. Check us out online at thethunderunderground.com. We've got a lot of reviews up, some other features. You can also find us on Instagram. We're really active on Facebook and Twitter. We've also got a YouTube channel. It's Thunder Underground. Go there. It's got companion playlists for all our episodes. We've got one up now for this episode, which is an episode entirely about Metallica. We sat down with our friend Justin Poole to discuss our thoughts, feelings, and everything in between. So sit back, enjoy. started is this recording yeah well yeah we're sitting here talking to justin pool about metallica hey thunder undergrounders <laughs> that's not their official name all right well whatever it officially is or unofficially is i'm glad to be here yeah us too we're glad to have you of course justin is an old friend or family member in some cases here or jason i'm jason and justin is my cousin we are family that's right <laughs> family with a b all right, so what got you into Metallica? Was that what we're talking about today? Yeah, if you just want to start from the beginning, do you remember how old you were? Or what? God, you want me to go back that far? Well, <laughs> I'm not... I can't say that I can go back as far into, into my life. I was born in 1978, still pretty young ladies. Um, as far back as that where I could say, oh, uh, Ride the Lightning is... Metallica sold out. They have... <coughs> Classical music in there, a bunch of fucking sellouts. <laughs> I can't go that far back, though I'm very familiar with the album. For me, it probably started. I have a small memory, and this is a very quick flash, and I need to think of it every so often. I, in the fifth grade, some kid in the class, some, you know, little douchebag, I think he's one of those kids that brought a gun to school one day. Anyway, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, we were talking music real quick and I said whatever I was listening to which I don't even remember what it was I, I, I couldn't even tell you uh, Tony 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 I don't know but he says oh I listen to Metallica have you seen this album and he brought out a little cassette of a Justice for All album and I know it's a Justice for All album because you cannot not remember the cover of that album always yeah it had iconic a, had a boobie on it so I was interested <laughs> um, he brought it out did not play it for me. We're in class. I did not listen to it. But as a young kid, I, I had MTV early. Not that MTV was very kind of Metallica. Not that Metallica had anything to play on MTV. But late at night, there was a show called Headbangers Ball. You might have heard of it. I think I did. And one night, and Justice for All, not in Justice for All, from the album at Justice for All by a little band called Metallica, there's played a video for a song called One. Yep. Not one of their biggest songs, but it stuck with me. And you know what stuck with me? 
The double bass. The double bass. So anyway, from then on, I knew who Metallica was. I did not own Metallica, uh, any music. But in 1991, they came up with an album called Black Album. It was a little song called Inner Sandman. Um, not one of their, uh, you know, if you're an OG Metallica fan, you don't claim that song. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't claim the song either, but at the time, I loved it. And a DJ at a school dance was throwing out a, f- a free CD, and one of the songs on there was Inner Sandman, Inner Sandman by Metallica. Played it, loved it, went and bought the Black Album. Listened to the shit out of that. Went and bought the Justice <laughs> yes. for All. Listened to the shit out of that. <laughs> then guess what I did? What'd you do? Ride the Lightning or Puppets? Oh, come on now. That's not how we're doing it. Oh. We're going to do Garage Days. Oh, oh yeah, we're doing yes. it. Right? Okay. Listened to the shit out of that. Maybe two shits. Then what did I do? I went and got Master of Puppets. <laughs> And then after that, Ride the Lightning, and then a little album known as Kill Um All. Oh, I have a question. Did you listen to shit out of those? <laughs> Still haven't listened to them yet, but I hear they're great. You said they're decent. Yeah, pretty decent. They're not stock in any way. <laughs> you might want to give them a spin, man. You might. I mean, they're, they're no Lulu, but they're pretty dope. <laughs> there's some decent shit on there. Now, are we going to be talking about Lulu today? We're going to get to that. Uh, I'd rather not, but anyways, we're getting Stay ahead tuned, of ourselves. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be getting to Lulu. <laughs> yes, right now. I got into Metallica when I heard Lulu about four years ago. Why? Wow, then you pretty much know everything you need to know and about now let's, let's take a minute here and notice that the guy who said he got into Metallica when he heard Lulu is the same guy that used to think C.C. Ville was better than Jimmy Page. Folks, I rest my case. <laughs> I rest my case. Well, if you if you are probably to explain that in another podcast. If you ever ask, if you ever say, CC, pick up that guitar and talk to me, <laughs> CC will do that for you. <laughs> Jimmy Page, not so much. Yeah, he's a more of a stuck up son of a bitch. Yeah, here. <laughs> a little bit. Well, what about you, Jason? Uh, as for me, it, it's kind of along the same lines as Justin. I first was exposed to Metallica. Um, kid lived down the street from me when I was in, I'd say, I want to say around sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade, um, <clears throat> Sterling Williams, we all remember him. Yeah. And he, you know, and, and up until this point, I was totally, you know, poison, Bon Jovi, all that stuff, because... You know, I was young and it was catchy, and it was stuff I could bring in the house that my parents wouldn't really question so much. You know, as far as the sound of it, it didn't sound too evil. So, anyways, one day I'm at Sterling's house, and he says, "I got this tape," and there it was, and Justice for All and Metallica, and I was immediately, I was like, "Whoa." And he said, you got to listen to this song. And it was one, just like you, JP. You know, he could have started it at the beginning, but, you know, we were young, and that's the song that was out, and everybody went to one. And I was, I was from then on, I was, that, I was hooked. I had that immediately. And, and being a 12-year-old kid, you didn't have a lot of money. You couldn't get a lot of money. But whatever I could do to get that tape and the back catalog... 
I I remember buying Ride the Lightning for sure. I bought Ride the Lightning with some allowance money or whatever. Um, but I, if I had to, I'd have friends dub me Garage Days, Master of Puppets, Kill em All. And it was just Metallica. Metallica does not condone that, by the way. I, I guess not. But at the time, that's what I did. I think they did back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the digitals. Right. Yes. And, and I was just, I was hooked. They were... They were my band. They were, they were power. They were anthems. They were strength. They were just a step up. It was just what I was looking for. And I just, I was hooked. And they've been my favorite band ever since. And they weren't too evil. They weren't too evil. They were a little mean, but Even not too they evil. they a song that they play about being evil. But they were just asking if they were. They didn't That's know. true. And they, they didn't write it. So yeah, it know. was just a question. It was just a question. Uh, and so that, that was that was how I did it and just hooked from then on. I was number one fan. Had to find out everything about them. And Still all that. hard. You got the back catalog and the front catalog. All, and I will have you know, since then, since then, I had went back and bought all the CDs and all that kind of stuff anyways. <laughs> so what about you, Trent? It's the same exact thing as both of you. It was one, I, like you just mentioned, I was in a glam and stuff like Bruce Springsteen, but mainly Def Leppard and Poison and Cinderella and Guns N' Roses. But I don't know if it was you or Thrasher or probably Lonnie, someone, you know, played me in Justice for All and I went and bought the cassette tape and that's pretty much it. And then I bought the I bought the Blackout when it came out on CD and then someone had gave me a copy. I think I think it was Lonnie gave me a copy of. Garage Days, like a dub copy. Yeah, yeah. I, that was the harder one to find. Yeah. I definitely had a dub copy of that. Well, the best way to listen to Garage Days is a dub version. Yes. It's more true yeah. to the original. Definitely. The garage sound. Right. I think <clears throat> I went back and got the other stuff after, you know, the Black Album come out. Cause that's whenever I really, you know, sometime between Justice and the Black Album is when I really started getting into them. And then once all that stuff hit, then I went back and got everything else. Yeah. So, I mean, saying that, what can you say what your favorite album is? Or is it one of those things like... I can say it. Oh, I can. Go ahead, JP. No, I'm not going to tell you people. Oh, well, I'll well, tell you right now, mine's Master of Puppets. I think it's the greatest heavy metal album ever made, even though there's better metal bands in Metallica, in my opinion. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> those eight songs on that album and Battery is the greatest heavy metal song ever recorded. There you go. I can't fly for that. How about you, Jay? Well, for me, I have to agree with Trent. Master of Puppets is, is, you know, kind of like I said about Appetite for Destruction was just one of those things. It, it all, it, it happened. It was just the time. And it was, it just made a huge statement all, you know, that is, that is a monumental heavy metal album. And it deserves the utmost respect. I get that totally. And I love that album. But for me... Time and time again, it didn't matter if I was 13 or now when I'm 38. If I have to listen to a Metallica CD, I always throw in Kill Em All. For some reason, that is just, it's my favorite. It always has been. It's just raw. It's like hungry and it's just relenting. So is your vote, are you going for Kill Em All? I think so. So you get kudos so. to the Master of Puppets. But you're going to kill them all. Kill them all is my favorite. My favorite. See, my favorite, though I think both of you have some 
very valid arguments. Uh, if I were to not have the opinion that I have <laughs> from my personal life, I would choose Master of Puppets because I think it's an amazing album from start to finish. And none of those songs get old. But my favorite album, and it's not because it's the one I was first introduced to, but my favorite album, even though it's very flawed in certain ways, as we all know, is And Justice For All. Yes, okay. That's my favorite album. It's the most angstiest album in a true form. The boys were, what, late 20s? Yeah. Right at that time where they start to think they know what's going on in the world. Yeah. They start to formulate opinions about what's going on in the world. Right. So they put that into their music. All their songs are about like, oh, the world's going to end. Oh, don't worry about what I look like. It's I am the beholder. <laughs> and stuff like that. They went political with it. In the only way they knew how, in the, you know, as a twenty late twenty something year old who really doesn't understand what things they do, and usually it's the form of I hate everything. So I love that album. The guitar riffs are the just the hardest and punchiest. Like they didn't they didn't go ja ja. They went ja ja. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like cocking a gun, man. It was or it was cocking a, something. <laughs> but they were doing tight, it that it album. It was a tight fucking record. And the riffs were the riffs were probably the most intricate in that album. Yeah, they went nuts. They were angry. They lost their bass player, and they had to they had to play with some new dude who they're pretending to like. Yep. Uh, they were doing stuff like, "Ooh, mommy and daddy, I don't like you." The stuff you did when I was young. Well, and I you know, it. and James and Kirk were pissed off that Lars got a mullet. So yeah, he had I mean, that they, they just let that fueled their anger into their performance even more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> even though later on, uh, just for those who don't know, James got a mullet. He got but a sweet mullet. He got a super mullet. He got a hunter's mullet. <laughs> I think it's a NASCAR mullet. <laughs> it's a combination of the two, probably. That but, leads me into my next question. What's your favorite all-time Metallica mullet? Oh, let's see. That really wasn't prepared. Well, we're gonna we're gonna throw Kirk out. He never had a mullet. Um, Do you consider the thing that Newstead had? Is that considered? I don't consider that a mullet. I consider it good taste and metal uh, hairdos at the time. Because I too had that hairdo where my hair is long on the top, right, and shaved all the way around, and that was one of my best hairdos I had as 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 a youngster. Yeah, I wish somebody would bring that back. Somebody needs to bring that back. Oh, they have, but they usually go to Little Affair concerts. Oh, well, never mind. If they're worse, never thing. mind. <laughs> Tune into the next podcast. It'll be about Little Affair. <laughs> but uh, that was a great look. But I think anyone who would wear it now, I'd probably, you know, being you know older, uh, mid to late thirties, not quite forties, ladies, um, I'd probably be annoyed at anyone I saw wearing that. I, I agree. Because I'll be like, Newstead did it better, <laughs> right? <laughs> I but anyway, my favorite. There's I'm really not gonna go with Lars because Lars's hair is weird in the first place. I mean, I I I, I commend him for being able to grow a mullet. Yeah. Uh, to be able, because of what happened to his hair, so I guess James's mullet's the best because it's the most threatening. Right. And he can do it again <laughs> today if he wanted to. And it looks like he'd beat you up if you talked about it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. James, I love you, James. <laughs> <clears throat> well, around that that whole time when we all got into him, not long after was whenever a year and a half came out. Mm. A year and a half in the life of Metallica, 
the uh, yes. documentation of the recording of the Black Album came out on VHS, and we all we talked about that earlier. We all own this. Yeah, that was great. I yeah, watched that was, every day. In part two was documentation of the tour. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That was the half. <laughs> I I remember I I was on Christmas vacation from school when I got that, and I sacked a ton of groceries to go to be able to buy that, and I watched it over and over. Both VHS. I always watched them in order. Tape one, tape two. Rewind it all. Watch it over. Yeah, don't uh, watch tape two first. You you'll be no, lost. No, you can't do it. You don't know what's it, going on. It, it, it was uh, it, it it was everything, and especially tape two. Having seen that tour, that was my second concert ever. Having seen that tour, it was a great companion, and you know it helped me you know relive a lot of that because that that tour, the Black Album tour, Evening with Metallica, that was just a it was a spectacle. It was uh, it blew people's minds. And as a what fifteen year old kid, I mean, I was on cloud nine. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't contain myself. I think uh, uh, up to that point, that that I'll, I was going to say DVD, but that'd be completely wrong. That VHS <laughs> um, taught me everything I I knew at the time about being in the studio. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just see how the instrument, you know, how they're all in separate little areas and how, uh, you know, they were sitting down, which was weird to me. Yes. And they had that little coffee filter thing in front of their microphones. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is that? Yeah. Well, you know, if you watch, if you watch a lot of, you know, bands do music videos where they're in the studio. Oh, yeah. And it's fake. And they're all black and white. Yeah. So I saw, I saw a year and a half in Life Metallica and I was like, wait, what are they doing? But it, I realized this is how you this is how you really record yeah. an album. So that was a really cool thing to see. Yeah, Lars taught me now in the studio. If you're the drummer, you should take the drumstick and stab the snare with that's that. That's right. That's right. right. Because when you're when you know when you're at that level, you can you can buy another snare. Head. Yeah. Who cares? They should have it right there ready. And you even got some there. guy to change it out for you. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> and they didn't like Kip Winger. No, they didn't. Which. No. Probably a little point of contention for you, Trent. Yeah, I turned it off after that, and I've never uh, seen the rest. No. I didn't think so. Well, you're missing out. You should try to get over that one. For those who haven't seen it, and you should, um, in in the documentary, they had a dartboard up in their studio, and it had a, a nice picture from, I don't know what, not Teen Beat, but... Metal that, Edge. Metal Edge. That had to yeah, be Metal that Edge. That type of thing. A nice picture of Kip Winger with, with a big old grin. <laughs> and they're going to town with the dartboard with them. There you go. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Well, you just mentioned the concert. So the first time you saw him was, was it January of 92? Yes. And that was not far into the, I don't know when the Black Album Tour started. Uh, well, it's probably it, around the time the album released. In yeah, because the album came late out summer like in 91. late summer 91. So I saw him in January of 92. I mean, it was it was just over the top for me. I just couldn't believe. I almost felt like I shouldn't be there. It's like, do I even belong here? This is so like, I don't know if I'm cool enough to be here. I mean, it was just a rock show. Oh, like, you're I, cool enough. Like, well, now I know that you know. You just weren't cool was, enough to be on stage. I guess not. It was just a rock show over the top that I couldn't. It was it was like, I just couldn't believe. You know, these were like 
you know, uh, I'm going to sound really dumb, but these four guys were like gods up here, and I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom that I was actually there. Uh, and this is my, you know, 15-year-old, 14-year-old mind. Did you want to touch them? No, no, I never wanted to do Not sexually, no. just fam- in a fanboyish way, just touch them a little bit. No, no, I never got too bad like that. You know, oh, I man. just wanted to, I wanted to be in the band, but maybe not touch them. So as a true fan as I am, I did want to touch them. want to touch them so good. Maybe just like, I don't know, their hand, you know, nothing, nothing sexual. Put your arm around them. Yeah, just like, you know, be friends, have them be the dad I never had. and I loved them but I saw them probably 95 I want to say I want to say they had the the, I saw them at the Los Angeles Forum in in, um, some city I can't remember (laughs) but uh, I saw them at the Forum and it was my first arena concert I wish it were my last because I hate arena concerts. Sorry, people that like arena concerts, but you're watching a television. You're going to a public place to watch television. Anyway, it wasn't so bad. I had seats far away, but you could see them, and uh, you just couldn't see their facial expressions. But it was that that weird stage setup that they had. Yes. And like drums came up out of the ground at yeah. one point. Like now Lars is playing on this side of the arena yeah. as opposed to the other side of the arena <laughs> yeah because they played in the round yeah but I loved it oh that's right God, I loved that song for the first. and then also I saw them at Lollapalooza yes we went to the Lollapalooza with the white with the white wife beaters and the short hair yeah and it killed me <laughs> the concert was as good as it could ever be because that's one thing that Metallica does right is the live show yeah the live show was great, but I didn't like the way they looked. Well, and that's part of it. <laughs> well, as, as a true fanboy, you you like the way they look, not in a sexual way <laughs> per se, but in a you know just want to touch them a little bit, <laughs> type of way as a fanboy. Now now I don't care to touch them too much. No, you know nowadays I'll be like, hey, let's get some coffee. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that, that's more. That makes more sense. But uh, and then I saw them again. Oh, Summer Sanitarium tour. Saw God, saw that one too. And they were, God, they were miles away. Yeah, they were so far away. That was in a stadium, right? Yeah, that what, was in a. Oh my like God, a football stadium. Which yeah. stadium? Where'd you see them at? Which stadium? I don't know. It was so long ago. But it was it was there somewhere in Southern California. I saw them. I huh. drove out there and went in summer su- summer sanitarium and there probably was probably the one in Pasadena or something. Possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. Sure, that's yeah. a place. I saw the one in Dallas. And we had seats on the side, but kind of close up, so yeah. it wasn't too bad. But that place was huge. Yeah, just so big. Yep. First time I ever saw them was in outside. At the fairgrounds in Oklahoma City in 1993. Oh man, fairgrounds! You got fairgrounds? Yeah. yeah. It was just a grandstand, like a, actually, I don't know if it was a racetrack or, no, a horse track. Was this so, during the fair? No. They just had shows out there. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, this is 1993. They're, they're right. you know, they're going to shows and, right. you know, getting their fans killed in Moscow at that point. Right. No, it was just a grandstand set up, you know, and they had, you know, general mission grounds, you know, standing, and I don't know if you had to pay to be in the stands or what, but we were down fairly close, and. It was Candlebox and Suicidal Tendencies were opening up. 
What a Ooh. bill. What a bill. Danzig had been on the tour, but I think I think had dropped off by that point. Yeah. That and, was a uh, foreshadowing of things to come. Right. Having suicidal <laughs> tendencies there. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh Jerry Cantrell came out and played I think for whom the bell tolls and one other song, I can't remember what the other song was. He played two songs with them. Wow. So that was a unique experience. Man, I wonder if we, wonder if we could guess what songs were. Of course, for whom the bell tolls. That song was all over the place. Right. Yeah. Like everybody was playing that song. Yeah. I was playing that song. <laughs> one of the easy songs to play. Yeah, I wonder if you play. I don't want to speculate too long. It'll take forever. <laughs> but I know it's for whom the bell tolls. Maybe Fade to Black. Maybe Fade to Black. Probably. That's mm-hmm. a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could probably Google it and find out. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Cantrell is playing on this song. Of course. Every time they play it on a TV thing, like especially like a concert, oh, it's always that song. Yeah, I know. Well, after that, I guess we saw the Lollapalooza tour as well in Kansas City. That was the first day of that tour. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like you said, it was a little different, you know, visually, but they still sounded kick-ass. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing they got. Yeah. They got down is how to play a live show. Yeah, they they are not lacking in that department. Because we even saw, me and him went up to Wichita to see him on the St. Anger tour. And I he said, you want to go? I said, no, not really, because I didn't care about St. Anger. And, yeah. Uh, he, finally he does. said yeah finally he said I'll buy your ticket if you go so I'm like alright I'll go for free mm-hmm. so we I'm went late. and it, they kicked ass they played like two songs from St. Anger and everything yeah I can't believe I can't believe you didn't want to buy a ticket because you know it's going to be a Metallica show yeah I was just being but I mean yeah. you were probably super pissed off because <laughs> you heard St. Anger at least once right and then I'll just, just once yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that yeah. yeah but so now we should probably we should probably get into load, I guess, because we kind of we're kind of at that yeah. that point in the timeline. Yeah. As everybody knows, the Black Album is amazing. Yeah, and everything before it is amazing, and they're all of them are amazing in different ways. Now, yeah, they all have their he, own here's, sound. Here's my question, and uh, because this was such a big thing when the Black Album came out, sellouts. Yeah, tons of people loved them. A lot of the fans still loved them, but a lot of the fans said there were sellouts then. A lot of fans said there were sellouts even before then. Yeah, as soon as you get a second album, you're being called a sellout by somebody. What do you think of that? Because, you know, their sound did change. So, were they sellouts or were people just... I wouldn't say they're sellouts at all. All I know is the album sounds amazing. Yes, it does. Bob Rock, the producer, if you don't know, and you should know, because I said so, he did an amazing (laughs) job with the sound of that album. Now the, the, now, the problem with the album, and it's not really a problem, the problem with society is that that album had a lot of hits. Yes. And Metallica's not used to... Their fan base and them are not used to any hits. I mean, one was a hit late at night. It was a hit. <laughs> yeah. Black Island came out, and boom, all of a sudden you got daytime hits. Yeah. You got, what, Inner Sandman, which was a big, a big hit. The song is amazing, but I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> but it's it's a good song. But man, have we heard that song? Um, uh, that sad but true. Sad but true. Wherever, wow, 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 wow. wherever I may roam. Wherever I may roam. Unforgiven. Unforgiven. The good unforgiven. And nothing, nothing else, else matters. Nothing else matters. Yep. And man, that's you know, 
gigantic hits. Yeah. People that I despise, that I absolutely despise and, and hate their taste in music and in and life and clothing and activities, they know Sabbath True. Right. Even if they don't know the title, they know. Wah, 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 wah. They love it. They'll play that in NASCAR. It's a great song. But when I listen to the, to the Black album, if I'm going to skip past stuff, I skip past the hits because Definitely. all the other songs are amazing. Yep. And, and I always wonder do I like those non hits better because I really think they're great songs? Because it, Or do I just am sick of the singles? I don't know. I think it's both. Yeah. yeah, but I think they're amazing songs. Even though yeah. I was sick of the singles, I think "Struggle Within" is one of my right. top five, maybe top yeah. three favorite Metallica songs I love ever. The whole one of my favorites of, is of "Wolf of Man." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got one of the best intros they've ever done. It's yeah. just really hard hitting. Um, Basically, yeah. the whole second half of that album. Yeah, you know, and, and also <laughs> "Don't Tread on Me" on is like, yeah, wow. "Don't Tread you on know, Me." Uh, bag on Kirk Hammett. Oh, he just uses you know blue scales. He just uses wah pedal. You know, Black Album was a sellout album. Fuck all that. I'm going to say it. Unforgiven and Struggle Within are his two best solos ever recorded, ever. I mean. I'm not going to disagree with you, yeah. but I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. every solo he did on the album was great. He did his oh, yeah. homework. <laughs> Bob asked him to do his homework. He, did, he did his did. homework. He did. Except for that one time, but then he went back and did his homework. But those, <laughs> those two are, those two are like. Just blueprint rock, hard rock solos. Yeah, he has a st- he has a style. Kirk has a style. You know, he'll t- he'll he'll charge up the the fruit ninja thing and make himself a nice smoothie, down it, go out there and kill it. That's right. Every night, every take. Well, that's probably not true. I mean, I'm probably idolizing a little bit more. But when they decide to press record, it's going to be the best one. And it's going to be good. Except for saying anger. We didn't need any solos on that motherfucker. Yeah, no, no. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I think the the Black Album was... Uh, it's not... I understand people were that were pissed off, like those diehard fans, because it wasn't thrash yeah. or whatever. But it there, there still wasn't anything on the radio that sounded like that. No, not at all. Because yeah, exactly. even though it leaned... It, it was somewhere between heavy, really heavy and hard rock. Yeah. It still was just this polished, really heavy metal. Yeah, well, so, it, did, exactly. it did. It did. this new thing where it, it it took nice, polished, heavy metal, and it became a new genre, which is like epic metal, because everything sounded epic on it. Yeah, it was huge. It sounded huge. So they basically, they, you could say this. You know, people could say they sold out, but they basically still paved the way for. They sold out to their I mean, to themselves. I mean, it was they definitely a they crossover hit. Yeah, they weren't going into an area just to make cash. They didn't know they were gonna that was gonna be successful. They were just they just reached probably their lives life. and they had a producer yeah. that was on board and they right. all came together with this big old thing. And I'm gonna say something. I don't want to talk about it because it doesn't need to be talked about. I'm just gonna say the words: the struggle within. Let's move on. I like it. Let's move on. What were you saying? Load. All right. Okay. So whenever you first heard, what was it? Until it sleeps. Until it sleeps. I I, I got you on this. Okay. One. Yeah. All right, let go. me go. Let me go. But, no, I just want to say yeah. Until it sleeps was the first thing anybody heard, and I still remember. A long time. Yeah. I still remember they had a nationwide 
Is yes, that yes, design? that's exactly where I was going. Like it, all radio stations that were going to play it across the nation had to be ready to, you know, sync up. And, yeah, they were going to. They you didn't know, have it was played from somewhere else. This was back in the old days, and so they had some kind of satellite thing that all stations had to hook onto at like seven o'clock at night or whatever. I was driving home from work. Uh, it was on the BA Expressway, and I rem- and I heard it. I'm not gonna lie. I was disappointed as hell. My heart sank. <laughs> it, it was like it was not a bad song. It was just not what it I wanted to hear. And it's like I knew it was gonna be different. I read everything up to it about how it was different, but I just I don't. It was just hard to take, and I just thought that. And I think that's why to this day, people will will say they went alternative. I don't really think they went alternative if you listen to the whole album. But that song definitely had some alternative leanings and I thought it was even when it got up and rocked it was still kind of lazy. And, and that's and, what it did is it rocked. It didn't metal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so it was just a, rock it, it was a, it was a disappointing thing. And so that was in and, and I just thought you know, I was really disappointed, and I was like, but I still thought I'm not going to make a complete judgment until I hear the whole thing. Yeah. So we go to the, you know, anyways, we did the whole thing where we wait till at midnight and go get it, whatever. You remember right. that? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and we went, and, uh, and, and, you know, and by the way, I didn't care that they cut their hair and were smoking cigars and making out with each other. I didn't give a shit about <laughs> any of that. I didn't give a fuck. I still don't give a fuck. Do whatever you want to do. Who cares? You know? Um, it, it, it didn't matter to me. It, all that mattered was what I heard on the album. And, and I raced home, and it was like, I stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning listening to that album over and over. And, and I was happily pleased that all, Until It Sleeps was the worst song on Load. And I liked the rest of it. Now it was not. It was definitely not a master of puppets. It, was it wasn't any kill. And it wasn't any kill them all. But I didn't want it to be. I already had that. So I really I enjoyed <clears throat> ain't my bitch. I enjoyed hero of the day. I enjoyed wasting my hate. Uh, so uh, it, to me it was just to me I thought well you know they're a big band they can mess around if they want. I, they hadn't failed me yet, so I'm going to go ahead and just go on this journey with them. As corny as that sounds. Uh, you went on this journey. Uh, I was, <laughs> I, it didn't stop at load. No, no, we had to reload and all that. But anyways, I just went with it, and I still defended them, and I still defend them. And I'll tell you what, it, it is you, you listen to that album, and it was more a, a, a experiment in hard rock and blues. The only thing that you could maybe say was alternative was until it sleeps. But listen to the listen to the the slide guitar, the twangy, the grooves, the the time signatures. They they were trying to go for a bluesy, hard rock, greasy thing. I think they were listening to a lot of Aerosmith, probably a lot of old Aerosmith. And that that's and I think that anyone with half a brain can listen to that. Take away all the dumb shit about how they look or whatever. And there's no way you can't say that. And, uh, you know, so I don't really listen to that album a lot today, but still... Because it's a load. (laughs) Well, I had had a different experience with with that. 
you know, I waited for it. Finally, the new song came. Oh my god, I did Metallica song. It's been so long. And so I was like, all right, here we go. And I think I think they played it. I think they had a sneak peek of the Intelsuits video, or they played it on Intelsuits video. So they played it and listened to it. And I'm like, oh, first off, I was like, that reminds me of the REM video for Losing My Religion. <laughs> well, I'll put that aside because I like that video. Um, but anyway, the song, I listened to it and I didn't mind it. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Because I was, you know, I was listening to different stuff then. I was listening to like, you know, Typo Negative and, and, um, Moonspell and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like that gothic stuff that it's a little yeah. melodic. And, um, I was like, you know what? That's a cool song. I dig it. It's kind of dark. It's kind of like, it's not an unforgiven type song, but it's, I guess you could put it in that boat. Yeah. Of like, you know, some little off thing that they're doing. And I'm like, I'm fine with it. I like this song. And then, and then I got the album. The album came out. I listened to that and I tell you know, it's like, yeah, I'm telling And that's fine. And then the other songs came on and it was exactly what you said, that bluesy rock. Yeah. Type stuff. Yeah. Which guess what? It's like Ronnie. How can you say that? Oh, they went alternative. Listen, to Ronnie. They're yeah, I never, southern I never, rock. I never thought they went alternative with that. I just thought they went the bluesy rock, non-metal route. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, well, metal is in your name. It's cool to have a few, you know, off songs, but at some point I thought the album would 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 steer back into a, some metal songs. Yeah. Which it did not. And you know, there were some fine fine songs on there, which were also hits. Hero of the Day, um, King Man, Nothing, King Nothing, or Inner Sandman Two. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It. Um, I did not care for uh, Memory Remains with what was it, Mariana Faithful? Well, that was on Reload. Oh god, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, that's another. See, I confuse them because they're they're loads to me. Anyway, so they're doing that bluesy rock. Uh, I did not dig it. I liked a lot of the songs. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not listening to Metallica. I don't know what this is. It's just yeah. some other band I'm listening to right now. If any other band came out with it, I'd be okay with it. But this is not a metal See, liquor. Trent said that before, too. Yeah. I want some metal liquor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the exact thing. I always said that if this was a brand new band that you never heard of and they dropped this album called Load. Yeah. No matter what the name is, you heard these songs, you'd be like, fuck, this is a great band. You know? And it is a great band. It's Metallica. But, I mean, you would have fucking loved it. But the fact that it's Metallica, you know, okay, I know what these guys can do. I know what they've done. I've heard the Black Album and Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets and everything else. And this is not what I want to hear. Yeah, I didn't want to touch them as much. <laughs> right? Yeah. So usually I'm like, I want to touch them a little bit. Yeah. This sounds like, eh, I'll watch them from afar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I love Wasting My Hate. I think it's like... That is a great song. That's like in my list of top Metallica songs of all, well, not top, probably top 20, but, you know, whatever. It's off that album. It's like, if that had been the first song, like, my old view might have changed. Even though the rest weren't as good, I mean, like, the first thing I heard was this song. Now, is it the, now is it the, the music of that song that, that speaks to you, or is it the, the lyrics? Because Metallica lyrics has never spoken to me. Right. It's just the, the music has always mm-hmm. spoken to me. The... The lyrics were secondary, and I mean, with most people, lyrics are secondary. Yeah. Except for a lot of kids nowadays, they like, oh, I love you, and I feel good with you, shut up and dance, whatever. 
but I, I never felt that. There are a lot of bands I do connect to the lyrics, but Metallica was never one of them. So Wasting My Hate, there's a message to that song. Did you connect with that or did you connect with the, the sound of it? I don't know, probably both. I mean, I thought it was a cool, you know, theme, you know. I mean, it's a, it's like, a fine lyric. <laughs> the chorus, yeah, that just that main thing, I'm not going to waste my hate on you. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But it wasn't like anything that resonated with me, like, oh, this reminds me of that asshole, you know. It was just a, a cool song, and it had that kind of, you know, country intro, even though it wasn't. You yeah. Know, just that kind which of feel. Sh- which I feel should not have had <laughs> on this particular, from this particular band. True. But it was on load, so it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt most of the, and this goes with Reload too, which we'll get to, but Load, it felt like all the riffs, because, you know, Metallica was always about the riffs. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I'm a guitar player, so I was always listening for that little guitar riff, and I'm like, wow, how did they think of that? You know, you, you know, Ride the Lightning, uh, Master Puppets, they have some great little guitar riffs that are identifiable. Once you hear that, you're like, boom, I know what song that is. But with, to me, Load was like, Every song had the same cadence. I'm like, that's not metal. Yeah. That's like a waltz or something. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Load was not a metal album, I'll tell you that much. But it had the word metal in it, in the, well, in the name of the band. <laughs> well, that's we, we could go on and on about that. That might have been more like a, as strange, a metal. Stranger Things Have Happened. That's more like it. Now, how do you guys feel about Load? Loading the scene and everything after it. Do you think Load is the is is what gave us the James Hetfield? Um, I guess you call him uh, James Hetfield. Little sequiturs into the next bit of the song where you got your oohs. The Hetfieldisms. Giggles. Yeah. I think that's where we got that because I'm trying to remember if, if oh that's when all that started definitely <coughs> you know and, and uh, you know he he did that in concert a lot and yeah. now I, I think someone probably pulled him aside or he probably heard a lot of it because he doesn't really do that that much yeah, anymore there was a lot of yeah 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 and like non stop we're Metallica baby yeah. you didn't ever want to hear Metallica say baby yeah you <laughs> know people, baby yeah so I don't know what was going on. I know at some point he blew out his voice. Yeah. So maybe he was just relying on yells. Possibly. <coughs> so so what did so when reload hit? What did what did you all think about reload? All right, so I got into reload story. So I did load. I didn't care for it, but there was I listened to it a lot because I'm like, well, I like these songs, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but reload came out. I'm like, oh, here we go. We're gonna get that that metal back because they did an album with no metal in it. So this time, well, this is all recorded at the same time. Well, yeah, but, but we, we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know that. So Load came out. I went to the store. I was in high school at the time. I think I was senior in high school. So at lunchtime or something, I went and got the album. I came back and I stood in the car and I heard, "Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I do." <laughs> and I was like, by the way, being uh, James Hetfield for this podcast makes me cough. <laughs> but anyway, so they did that. And I'm like, Ugh. and then the little riff, guitar riff came on. And I was like, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. I listened to the whole album, didn't connect with a, a, 
one bit of any song. Yeah. And of course that happens a lot. You know, you almost all albums, you listen to it, it's kind of okay at first. Or you don't connect with it, but then you listen to it a bunch of times when you start connecting with it. So listen to Load. One time through, when it was done, I just kind of stared at the wall. And I didn't listen to it again. Really? For about a month or two. Wow. And I put it on again. I'm like, you know, I must have had a bad day. It's an off day. I didn't care for it. I kind of was betrayed. I felt betrayed. I felt ashamed that I listened to it. <laughs> and um, so I put it on again. Same reaction. So I, I played it a few times because I thought, oh, you listened to it a few times again. Nope, didn't work. So I just took it out of the CD player and put it away and never listened to it again. Really? And I still don't listen to it. Wow. And now, even if I hear, like, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that, I skip. Really? To the, you know, if it's on the radio, if it's in a, it wouldn't be in a playlist, but yeah. if, you know, a radio station played it, I, I moved to another station. Yeah. I hate it. Well, I think, for me, I liked the album. I think it would probably be, I, I never really listened to it. I, I will say for, well, if you want to like that, it, don't. <laughs> for all for all that, <laughs> even though I mean I like Load better, and if I'm gonna have to, if I ever had to pick like a favorite new Metallica song, Prince Charming from Reload would be it. I really like that song, and it's got a good vibe. Uh, but I can't even remember it. But a lot of the you know, some of the other stuff like uh, Slither and whatnot, some of that's kind of forgettable mm-hmm. for me. I just I really don't I really don't put that album in at all. Yeah, you know, may, maybe maybe if I'm ever doing like a Metallica shuffle at work, some stuff will creep in. But you probably have to like, you probably have a little moment where you're like, I, I know this band. What the hell is this? <laughs> well, I know. About, it oh, is. it's Metallica. Yeah. See, I can't get at this point in my life, and at the time when it came out, I can't get past to be fueled to be fired. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was all right. I think it feels okay. You know, stand it. and I and I need to kind of go back for you know, on load. I forgot to mention "Bleeding Me." I thought was a great. That was a good epic song. That's like a, a that should be played more in their set. You know, that's a that's a good. That's like one of their classics that not really a lot of people know. Well, the thing about that album is, you know, as you all know, I I hate it, but I forgave Metallica. Like, I didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it. You know, some people did. Some people, you know, sitting across from me liked it. But, um, (laughs) I hated it. But I was like, you know what? They're going to, next, the next one they come out with is going to be Amazeballs. Well, and was it? What was, where do we want to go now with this? Garage Inc.? I think No Leaf Clover. Or was that, or was SM first? With the two new songs. From no, it was Mission Impossible. I disappeared. Oh, Mission uh, Impossible. Yeah, Let's talk about that. Mission <laughs> Impossible theme song. First off, and I hate saying this about anybody because everybody's just trying to do it, trying to get a job. Metallica is just trying to work. But they got paid for this damn Mission Impossible song. Not even a good Mission Impossible movie. And they did a video for it where they're doing little Mission Impossible missions. <laughs> yep. I forgot about and that. And that's when, when I see Metallica in a video, I 
acting, like doing scenes. And this doesn't even go for Metallica, this goes for everybody. When I watch a music video, I like watching crap happening on the screen and then cut to the band playing the song. There you go. And then the cut to crap going on the screen, cut to the band playing the song. This was the band running through little obstacle courses and explosions and acting. And I'm like, you guys aren't actors, you guys are fucking metalheads. You should be giving me the medal that I want. Well, to pay did, for. well did it's this in your name? Did the song give you the medal? <laughs> no. <laughs> what the did song it, didn't give me the medal. What did it, it give gave, you? It gave me a little bit of It gave me more load. Yeah. So that song should be called Re Re Reload. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That's one of the few songs from that era that I like a lot. I don't love it, but I like it a lot more than most of the songs on the albums. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they only had to focus on one thing. Yeah. 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 But as soon as I seen which one of them was running through a building and then had to jump out at the end from explosion. Lars. That was Lars. Lars. Lars of all people. First off, Lars wouldn't do that. Yeah. Lars would stay there and deflect the explosion with the power of his metal. <laughs> he wouldn't run from it <laughs> and I guess I could say about the video oh they got to play on, <clears throat> on a rock on a giant rock that's hard to get up and down yeah. from yep so that's good I guess I'm happy for him yeah it's good for them well right around that same time was Garage Inc as well and that uh, yeah, that kind of like as far as mainstream, that stuck with the whole hard rock theme because all the, the hits off it were, yeah. you know, the hard rock stuff. Yeah, yeah. Skate a Jar, yeah. Uh, Turn the Page. Turn, turn the Page. page. Yeah. The stuff that was real heavy on there, like the Merciful Fate thing or whatever. It was just the crap they threw in, out the, threw in at the end. Yeah, it's like people good. don't remember that. and It's good stuff, you know. So, yeah. I mean, that album's got a lot of good stuff on it. Yeah, disc one of Garage Inc. Uh, was it Revisited? I can't remember because I was so mad at it. <laughs> I think it was called Ink. Garage Ink. I'll call it Garage Stink. Though I know people do like it. And then probably some of those people are here. <laughs> I did not like that at all. Though I did love Disc 2. Disc 2 was amazing because it had all the old just stuff. a reissue of, yeah. of Garage Days. Well, it had all those you know, all small hours, covers. the weight. Yeah. Uh, Killing Time, which Killing Time, I think, is probably like their best yeah, cover they've ever done. Crazy, y'all. Yeah. You know what? Uh, <laughs> this is one of their best covers. Uh, but Garage Inc. had some, <clears throat> some good moments. The Merciful Fate medley was, you know, that was epic. That's all fine. Uh, that, wasn't and, that just two? Or was that just oh, one? I can't remember. And, no, I think it was and, one because all the new stuff was on one. Okay. It was, and, prob- it was probably on the very end. And uh, It's Electric, the Diamond Head cover, that was great. Yeah. You well, know, they were doing some. You know some some metal stuff. Yeah, but the whole beginning of it was just like, you know, songs like "Oh, I'm in a honky tonk sitting here, not feeling good about myself and my path in life," which was probably true at the time in real life. <laughs> but I'm like, why are they doing all these like, John or Bob Seger songs? Yeah, which I love Bob Seger. But Bob Seger do Bob Seger. Bob Seger does Bob Seger great. But Metallica does not need to be doing Bob Seger. Yeah. They should have gone back to what they did at the first, the very first uh, Garage yeah. Days album and, you know, do some nice. Some of their. Some lovely. Find some, find some, some lovely obscure bands. Like, yeah. 
I know, I know. But of course, you know, you know, Garage Days Revisited was quality, or no, Garage Inc. What do they call that? Which one? The, the whole the thing. The garage. They had a new. Well, garage. the whole thing was called Garage Inc. When yeah, they garage issued Inc. it. I call it Revisited, but that's only because I was listening to the second CD, which has yeah the <laughs> the original Garage Days yeah. on it. Yeah. So it was revisited for me. Right on. And I'll still listen to that. Bread Fan, come on. That's a great song. One That's of the best awesome. songs they've ever done, yeah. Bread Fan. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite cover they've ever done, you think? Is oh, gosh. I mean, you got the stuff on Garage Days, me. but I really enjoyed uh, Stone Cold Crazy from the, the Freddie Mercury uh, tribute concert. Yeah, I, I, I got to deal with Killing Time, like I said before. What a great song. And now, they executed it perfectly. I got a little sore about Killing Time. Now, that was the B-side of something. Yeah, I can't remember. Killing Time was the B-side of some song. A sing- so anyway, I went to, I think, Best Buy. You know, this is years and years ago, whenever it came out. And back when they had singles, you could go to the store, yeah. and you could buy a single of a song. You could buy the song, and it usually had a B-side. Um, we're dating ourselves here. But anyway, guess what I did? Hmm. I stole the crap out of that. <laughs> you thief. I stole it from Best Buy. Well, I think you're probably good now. It's been a while. I'm good. I was good then. I go. got away with it. <laughs> nice. Well, was it worth it? Yeah, because Killing Time was good. It was like, Killing Time. Blah, blah, blah. Killing Time. Yeah. That's a good song. What's well, favorite cover is favorite? Four Horsemen? <clears throat> what? Same. Four Horsemen. Isn't that a cover of Mechanics or am I mixing up songs? Oh, oh you bastard. You okay. bastard. Stay tuned for the Megadeth episode. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, well, what'd you think of their Motorhead covers that were on there? They had four or five Motorhead songs they did. Four or five? On yeah. what? On Garage Inc.? Yeah. Name them. I can't even remember off the top uh, of my head. They, they, they did Motorhead 1. They did Motorhead o- 2. <laughs> they did Overkill. Oh, that's right. Stone Dead Forever, Too Late, Too Late, and yeah. um, they wouldn't do Stone Aces. Dead Forever. Yeah, they wouldn't do Ace of Spades. Yeah. I liked them all. Yeah. Like I said, I like I liked that album. But I don't know. <laughs> if I were into different bands, which I am, and if, if, if that album was performed by a different band, I would have loved it. Because it's good stuff. So Here's pretty much on Metallica. So if they if they're gonna lay down the track, it's gonna be quality. You just may or may not be in there. Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, when you're at that level, you can do what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think we're getting to that point where we're gonna start talking about Saint Anger. Almost, but we do have one thing to get to. What do we have to get to? A little thing called No Leaf Clover. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> no leaf clover with the was that was before the San Francisco or uh, orchestra? Uh, it was one of the. Orchestras. I think it was after. Wasn't the? No, I don't know. That was from the S and M album. Yeah, with the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of no leaf clover? No leaf clover, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Really? Yeah. When it came out, I thought it had a great tone to it. I knew they were doing the the orchestra thing, so I expected that. And so I'm like, okay, it has the orchestra in the background. Sounds great for this. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason with that song the way it starts off when when James starts uh, starts that's a new word kids look it up in Urban Dictionary um, when James first starts singing it's one of those types of songs 
where you feel he's been singing. And yeah, the song I get just that. starts off right in the middle that. of a sentence. And only a few songs do that. Um, and I enjoy the hell out of it every time. Right on. I feel like I've missed I missed a, yeah. a verse. I get that. I can hear that. And you know, it was, it was heavy. Yeah. It had um, you know, a nice little hook to it. Um, I wasn't I mean, I love orchestra, you know, orchestral music and um, classical music, but I didn't care for the the convergence of an entire album. Yeah. You know, hearing songs that I love play with the orchestra and Metallica had the same problem when they were working with the orchestra. It's like, man, the songs sound different now. Yeah. Parts of the songs are coming out that we didn't expect to come out. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to, to S&M, which is sexual, by the way. Um, I was like, eh, I appreciate what they're, kind of, what they're trying to do, but I'd rather just go and listen to the original song. Yeah, I, I thought... In, in their heavy fast songs it kind of got lost and it kind of got yeah know, like you know the fit. the different stuff like I think I thought Hero of the Day sounded good yeah cool because that's know. one of their slow songs yeah and, it, you know, do, 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 and do. I think um, I liked the other new song Minus Human was pretty good it was mm-hmm. really heavy that was one I'd like to hear without orchestra um, I don't even know if they've ever played that outside of s and I have yeah. no idea I mean I love No Leaf Clover yeah that was a good song uh, just a straight up version of it yeah yeah that would be awesome to I mean, hear I enjoyed it with the orchestra yeah. but I mean I would really enjoy a full on studio version of it yeah that would be interesting but that doesn't say much because the rest <laughs> of that one I was like ah I don't care much I'll listen to it but really with all the stuff that they are bringing back up I was like I'll just go listen to the original yeah yeah I probably would have enjoyed the orchestra by itself or them by themselves <laughs> But not the convergence. Right, right. Yeah, I liked it, but I mean, it was the same thing. I listened to it a couple times and then really, I never go back to it. But I like No Leaf Clover a lot. Yeah, I would never press play. (laughs) Right. But if it came on the radio, I'd be like, hell yeah, all right. So, would you push play on St. Anger, like he mentioned? No, (laughs) I would not. Not unless, unless I had to. Well, what did you think the first time you saw the same? Because wasn't that the way it was introduced when they released the Saint Anger video on MTV? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's how that's how the song debuted. I think. Well, as usual with Metallica, the, At the, the prison. The first thing that's represented, I'll be like, oh, okay, they're doing a little thing with that song. Yeah, something you know, a little different. They're trying something new, cool. And then I always expect the album, the full album, to be Metallica album. And this was just noise it was noise I don't don't even know what genre to place it in I don't know what drum kit Lars was using it sounded like trash cans the whole time right Um, now I do remember uh, with Sanger which by the way if you haven't couldn't tell I despise the album but you probably do too but if you bought the album it came with a special disc yes, I remember of them that. performing the album live. The whole album. Oh, the whole album. Right. In, their, like in a, their rehearsal space. Yeah, it's just a fly-on-the-wall camera, mm-hmm. and they're just looking. It's much like the uh, Garden of Eden song that, that Guns N' Roses did. Yeah. You might have heard of them. They're an upcoming band. Anyway, it's just a fly-on-the-wall camera and them just playing all the songs. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I popped that. I listened to the album, to Sand Anger. Um, 
almost threw up because it was so crappy. And then I went and popped in that second disc with them performing it. Loved it. See, that's that's <laughs> insane that you say that. That's crazy because that's what I know. I know. I remember watching watching it with Josh and Isaac, and I I, I think they shared the same viewpoint. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been so long. But that's what I thought. I I enjoyed watching that DVD, and I think it I th- think it sounded better on that it than did. the record. The drums actually sound like drums. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that record is just so all over the place, and it's so just manic. I I mean there might be there might be some riffs in there somewhere, but it's just It'd be hard pressed to find. Them. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm not gonna and I love Metallica, but I'm not gonna that's not gonna be the first Metallica CD I throw in. No. Probably not the second, third, fourth, fifth. You couldn't even say this. You couldn't even <laughs> pop it in and tell a layman, this is what Metallica sounds yeah. like. But I, I do, I will say, because I'm such a fanboy, I, I love how it just pissed everybody off. And if that's what they were going for, they sure succeeded in that. Yeah, if that's it, what they were going for, it, they did succeed. It pissed everyone off. And I and I like, and, and I think once you've seen the, the little documentary, the Some Kind of Monster, you get a little bit more of a sense of why they maybe made that album so manic. Well, it's but it's still it's explained, and I understand it a bit more, and I'm a little bit more cooler with it. But it still doesn't mean I got to listen to it. Right? Yeah, that's the thing because you know you watch some kind of monster, which um, you know chronicles the making of this album, which had a huge interlude in the making of the album because of drama, mm-hmm. and they didn't even know if the album would be made. I'll, I'll, I'll start off by saying the album sucks I hate it but if you watch some kind of monster you'll realize why the album sucks Yeah. but it does not change the fact that the album sucks but at least you understand it and you won't be as hurt mm-hmm. I absolutely hated it and I didn't find it amusing that everyone hated it because I was one of the people that hated it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but listening to the second CD which was a DVD that showed them actually playing the songs I thought they sounded pretty decent Yeah. but it didn't Make me listen to it more than once. Yep, so, I like I like the uh, I like the dudes that put up the hashtag uh, Saint Anger fifteen stuff. Oh right. On oh, YouTube. those new guys that re-recorded it. Recorded the yeah, stuff. Yeah, it sounds good. It was pretty good. I still didn't really listen to it a lot, but it was pretty. good. I listened to about five tracks, yeah. and every track was a track I recognized, and every track sounded well, great. Well, and you know what they also did is they shortened each one down to like what it. They edited, be, yeah. yeah, they edited the they edited the songs to get rid of any you know unnecessary unnecessary stuff. stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so the songs were nice and tight. They sounded great. The instruments sounded great. They had they had a, a, a kid that sounded like James Hetfield. Yeah, close enough. And uh, they had a drummer that his drums sounded like drums. Yeah, <laughs> when he recorded them, and it's amazing. You go on YouTube, check them out. Um, I don't remember the name. You just said their name. No, I, I don't know if their name, but the the hashtag was always Saint Anger fifteen. Saint Anger fifteen or Saint Anger. Put a little hashtaggy in the front, and you might find it, and you might enjoy Saint Anger. I did when I listened to, to their recordings of it. <laughs> well, after I want to point out when you mentioned some kind of monster, monster. Sorry, I always say that. Some kind of monster. Monster. Um, sorry, I'm from Oklahoma. Anyway, it's the past tense of monster. <laughs> right. <It's> monster. 
that after you know I was always like a lot of people a big fan of James Hetfield and you know thought Lars was a jackass but after watching Some Kind of Monster I realized they're both jackasses (laughs) no I I walked away from it liking Lars better than anyone in the band Personally, yeah. Well, I like Kurt I that. because he's well, been Kurt, dealing with it for the whole time. Yeah, I mean, you got to get he's him. He's like Derek Smalls. He's like yeah. lukewarm water. Well, he's there to go. He, when they're all arguing. He's there to go. Come on, guys. We got better things to do. And that's that's his that's his position in the band. Yeah. Besides, you know, shred out some solos when they let him. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, uh, being the peacekeeper. Yeah, he's kind the peacekeeper trying to be. Kind of. But I. I I thought Lars was a weird, a weirdo asshole, and James was a weirdo asshole. But at the same time, I saw the you know now that I'm older, I'm a, you know, more of a human than I was, and so I was, I understood that they're people going through some shit, and also that they're children because they've been metal stars since they're tiny. Hey, we got a little dog on the podcast named Stevie, and he wants to have his say about Metallica. That's right, but he don't know shit about Metallica. <laughs> he might want to go outside, though. Yeah, he might want to. Well, we're talking about some kind of monster. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of when we got to see Robert come into the band. You know, he was in, you know, he didn't play on the album, but he yeah. was in the video. Now, didn't, I can't so, remember, did Jason start off in the documentary at first? No, I think um, he was gone. Well, they might have shown footage. So, yeah, him. like I think he was when he was talking about squillions and squillions of dollars. Yeah, and but, like, and he, when he, and one of his famous lines is, "Yeah, we do sell out every seat in the house." Well, that was a year and a half in the life of Metallica. Yeah, but I've half. seen him say that probably four oh, times yeah, in different interviews. <laughs> and uh, um, but Bob Rock played bass on Saint Anger. Yeah, Jason left. They were yeah. they were without a bass player, and Bob Rock. Their, their producer from the last uh, from all the albums yeah. since the Black Album mm-hmm. thought he was basically part of you know he was in the in crowd yeah that he was part of the band he can play bass and you know he's a member of Metallica but really the rest of Metallica didn't feel that way at all they thought of him as far as the business side he's the producer yeah you know we're not gonna you know tell him our dirty little secrets and have little chats, <laughs> but Bob didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Rob? Was a great choice. Oh, definitely. Oh God, you can't get better. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Unless you want to, unless you want to resurrect Cliff Burton. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I don't know why you want to do. He because guy, he's only awesome. <laughs> that guy is he. He was perfect. He made total sense in that band, and he's he's awesome in in that role. And if you look at that movie and see the other guys they auditioned, none of them can even come close to Trujillo. Mm-hmm. They can't even come in the same area code as Trujillo. Well, also Burton, their original. Well, I wouldn't. He's not the original original bass player, but basically he's the original bass player. You know, he's on. Kill 'em all and ride the lightning and uh, master puppets. He, besides being a crazy ass bass player, he played with his fingers. He didn't use a pick. Exactly. Uh, Robert is the same exact way. Yep. I mean, he fingers that bass. There you makes go. Makes it scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, Metallica's better off for it. Yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder. Like Cliff Burton was so his playing, I think, was way ahead of his time. Yeah, and it just makes you wonder, like, what a guy like that would have been doing today. You know, with with his. Well, they playing. probably would have been a Metallica. Well, well, yeah, but I'm just telling you with his playing. I mean, because his. His, uh, it was so unique. It wasn't like anything you've ever heard. It was just, uh, it was insane. Yeah, Robert, you know, Robert was not only from suicidal tendencies, and uh, was he in um, Infectious Grooves? Right. He played with Jerry Cantrell. He played with Ozzy yeah. for yeah, years. Yeah, which I saw him with Ozzy at Ozzy. Oh, yeah. I think the second Ozfest. Yeah. Um, of course, he's great. So he's a great fit. He played in Black Label Society for a little bit. Yeah. Um, about that, yeah. Yep. But you know, also he's just a hired hand, really. Yeah. But I mean, he ended up getting along with James. I know he gets along with James. I don't know if anybody gets along with Lars. Yeah. But he might. I mean, Lars. But Lars is his own thing. We can have an entire podcast discussion about Lars. Yeah. Ulrich. Maybe down the line. Yeah. Our Danish little friend who we used to uh, bury mushrooms in the ground with. <laughs> Well, getting into the next album is Death Magnetic. I mean, I don't know how much of an influence Rob and his style might have had on pushing it back that way. Yeah, I have some Rick, opinions. Rick Rubin, you know, they claim that that's the guy that really pushed him to say, you know, you need to get back to being Metallica. Which so, I mean, is, what, do you, what do you think? Which, that was great. And I think in a lot of ways they did get back to being Metallica. And there's some good songs, and there's some good riffs. Um, you know, I think Broken Beat and Scar is good. All Nightmare Long is crazy awesome. But it just, it sounds, it doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound epic like, you know, their other albums. It, it just, it almost sounds a little bit too, like, it, I don't know, it has like a staticky thing going now, on. Now, did they get rid of Bob Rock for this album? Yes, they got Rick Rubin to produce. That's right, that's right. Okay, so... Let me, real quick about Death Magnetic. I mean, I've talked about, you know, Load and Reload and S&M and uh, Garage Days Revisited. I'm not a big fan of any of them. Let me tell you something. Death Magnetic rocked my ass off. Really? Well, good. <laughs> but I don't know if it's because I'm comparing it to what I've been given for the last decade before yeah. it came out. But I do know that I personally, I love the album. It was it was back to being Metallica, but it's, but you're right. It doesn't have that epic sound to it. Not that Metallica is supposed to have an epic sound. Yeah. They just had epic sound in the Black album, which Bob Rock produced, and um, that album is incredibly epic. Has this epic sound to it. Just everything is so big. Yeah. Uh, we did lose out on that, but were we supposed to even have that? Because, I mean, I wouldn't say that Master Puppets has a big epic sound or just as broad as a big epic well, sound. Well, I just noticed from Load on, you know, whether you like it or not, whatever style, if it's the Load style or the Death Magnetic yeah. style, all their recordings seem to be a little bit, they, they go for a raw thing. They, yeah. they don't like to get too slick anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's where I'm missing it. Yeah. That, that could be it. I it could know. be the absence of Bob Rock, which... I only care about Bob Rock and his sound when it comes to the Black Album. Everything after that, I'm not. I don't care about. Yeah. 
And yeah. so the fact that we didn't have it with Death Magnetic, I didn't mind yeah. it so much because the songs were speaking for themselves. They were saying, hey, we're Metallica. I heard songs on there that could have fit in some of the classic albums. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some of that going um, on. I heard stuff that could have fit on Kill Em All. James yeah. was singing Fast Again, which he hadn't done in a very long time. Um, I, one of the songs actually was faster than any song he's ever sung. Before. My Apocalypse? Was, that that, that might have been it, because that was, that was a face melter. Yeah. I mean, so for me, and I know that there are people out there that talk about the sound quality mm-hmm. of that album. I don't hear it. Yeah. I mean, it just could be because... St. Anger sounded so horrible. Yeah. That I'm like, hey, I, I can I hear Metallica in this album for the first time in a long time. I can actually hear Metallica playing Metallica songs and those songs are brand new songs that I haven't heard before. So maybe I'm just not even paying attention to to the quality of the sound, I'm just paying attention to what's involved in well it's in the sound. It's like this. It's like if you sat me next to Louis Anderson, I'd look like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> you know? So, so when you, because you Ryan Gosling is, I guess, incredibly hot. You put, uh, well, he is to me, anyways. But you, you want to touch him a little bit? You put, you put Saint Anger next to Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic is gonna sound like you know fucking Led Zeppelin Four. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, to me, Death Magnetic was easily the best thing since the Black Album. Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's oh, but that doesn't the hands Metallica down. album since <laughs> the Black album. Like when you hear that, you're like, "That's Metallica." Yeah, it's like, it's like I don't. The previous uh, what is that? Three, uh, four albums. Yeah, it's just some up. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> some aliens are making that stuff, and then somehow between. St. Anger and Death Magnetic, Metallica's like, no, we will fight and get our bodies back. And they fought, and they got their bodies and their minds back, and they made Death Magnetic. And as a juggalo, I don't know how magnets work, (laughs) but I know that that album worked. Right. (laughs) And I listened to it for the first time since 1991 when a, a new Metallica album came out. I listened to the album over and over and over and over again, and for good measure, I listened to it one more time. There you go. All right. And I loved it, and I'm incredibly looking forward to what's coming next. But at the same time, I'm like, not sure it's going to happen. Well, what what do you think of what do you think of Lords of Summer? Oh, that sucked balls. Really? Well, I did not care for it. First off, the name of the song, Lords of Summer. I just think of Boys of Summer from Don Henley. Like I told you, I think of like some dudes on skateboards in 1991. Yeah, it's like Dogtown. It's Dogtown. (laughs) Just based off the title, not Dogtown and the Z-Boys. And also, I hate Summer. Summer sucks. Summer is amazing, okay? Summer sucks. (laughs) Well, I I don't know. It's too early to tell on that. That that song might not even be on a new album. But that could just be, just like everything they ever come out with, the first thing I hear... I forgive them. Yeah. Or I accept yep. them. I hear something that like, that's pretty good. Yep. But the rest of it's going to be better. So I'm hoping that's the case. Yep. What do you think? You think you're going to get like an extension of Death Magnetic or you think it's going to be something totally different? Uh, I think it'll be uh, along the lines of, uh, I think it'll be 
death magnetic magnetic because they want everybody not everybody but they want a lot of people back I think. yeah yeah I, can, I can't even tell it takes so long for a new metallic album to come out that i mean they can do amazingly in this day and age they can do amazingly amazingly i'm sure whoa, that's whoa, the way i'm whoa, saying whoa, whoa. it but death magnetic brought me back from the fringe i mean i was ready to say no matter what they come out with i'm not even a fan anymore yeah don't even like the originals anymore. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the Beyond Magnetic EP? I think I listened to it once. Really? And then I, I thought a couple of those magnetic. could have been in Death Magnetic. I thought well, a couple of those were. They probably were first. Because I know they had like 20, 21 songs. Like, and they cut it in half. Had some hooks smart. in there. You know? Didn't you say at one point you liked that better than the album? Yeah, well, <laughs> probably. But sure. that was my point. Is I think sure. a lot of that could have been in there. I think they could have took out like cyanide or something I don't know no they couldn't no he sold he sold he sold that cyanide worked or Unforgiven 3 they could have taken that out what do you think of Unforgiven 3 it's his third favorite Unforgiven it's my second favorite second favorite Unforgiven song you like it better than Unforgiven 2 Unforgiven 2 suck balls yeah (laughs) (laughs) I hear you but still Unforgiven 2 is the thing that should not be. That song sucks so no, bad. No pun intended, huh? No pun intended. No no correlation. That song sucks so bad. Unforgiven 1, amazing song. Let's go back to 1991. <laughs> Unforgiven. That song came out. The video came out. Had a little boy turn into an old man. And no matter what happened, life sucked. <laughs> right. It spoke to me. The song sounded amazing. Unforgiven 2 came out. I didn't even know why they even called it that. I don't even see how it even fit with Unforgiven 1. Because he was Unforgiven 2. As well. well. He's Unforgiven as well. (laughs) It had that same guitar part kind of running through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there's a lot of songs that do that. But Unforgiven 3 the force of all Megadeth yeah. songs do no, that I'm looking forward to Unforgiven 4 yeah oh, you think that will happen on I the hope, I, I hope not they just need to move on on that deal as a big fan that follows all their set lists have you been sad that they've never played all three Unforgivens in a row no. Oh, okay. why did they? No, well, they, why they haven't they done this? they have played I, I would imagine one day it'll happen right. it can't not I mean they've recently started playing Unforgiven 2 and I think it was the first time they ever did I think yeah they yeah, can cut that, that out they should yeah. do part 3 though part 3 was they've good. done that before uh, but I, and that's another thing we can we can we can go on to is you know, their live their live sets are amazing because they they are always changing it up right. and they're always trying to bring songs out that they haven't played in years or never before which and, most bands and, and at that I level don't do, don't do they that. stick to a, say, yeah. a certain set and I think all bands should do that. Okay. You know, they should just mix it up and play what they want to play, and you know, not play all the hits yeah, or whatever. The tickets are already sold. Play what you want to play. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I was, and and I thought it was bullshit last year when they did the whole, you know, European summer tour. You picked the set list, and all these fuckers picked the same fucking songs that they always. <laughs> play. Oh yeah. All and it made majorities. me. Want, it's like, is this fucking thing fixed? I I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you give power to the majority of people, the majority, 
The majority of people are idiots, and half of them are even more idiotic than you can imagine. Right. But the problem is, it was Europeans, so yeah. I thought, okay, these people See, know their metal. Uh, I, know. True, I expected true. that from Sadly America. True. But, it's very sad, but, true. <laughs> but if we Europe, were in North America, that would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would have been. They would have been requesting Nickelback songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Europe, I thought, okay, we're gonna get. They're gonna throw them some curveballs. Yeah. Not one fucking curveball. The whole thing. Oh wow. And so that's why I wondered if something was up, but I don't know. No low man's lyric, huh? For Those you. motherfuckers. <laughs> now you know what we didn't talk about mm. is. Uh, Metallica came out with another project. Not I'm not talking about Lulu. I'm talking about Guitar Hero Metallica. Oh God! <laughs> which I know you've played. I've yes. played it. You've played it. You probably did not play it. I did not. And um, there's videos on there of Lars. You know he has to do the mocap for all the songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't stand some dude do it. Now you're dealing with Lars Ulrich. You don't want to bring that tornado into your production. But he's he's trying to play the songs. He can't even play the songs. I'm not talking about trying to play the video game. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm talking about trying to recreate the motions of playing Dyer's Eve. Yeah. And he couldn't even do it. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. I I saw him when I saw him a few years ago in Dallas. They played Dyer's Eve, uh, but uh, I think was, it's one of the best songs. That was a life. unique night for me. I'd had a little bit too much to drink, and I don't really remember a lot on that show, so I don't know. But uh, you know, I know that they've stuck it in their set lately. I don't know. It sounds like he's, sounds like he's doing the double bass. So I don't, I don't know. That song's really hard. He's probably got to have like cheated a little bit, a trigger or something, maybe. Because that's one of the toughest damn songs. It's so fast. Dear mother, dear father, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'd love to hear it. I just don't know when I'll ever get a chance to see Metallica again, unless it's in a, a crowd of five hundred thousand people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure, well, now, as much you know, as you hate arena shows, I mean, yeah, I hate arena shows. I love going to clubs because uh, it's almost like you're in the same room with the band. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really waiting for Metallica to come to the State Fair. <laughs> well, it'll never happen. They're going to be playing the Enormo Dome. Well, we could make a pack now whenever they, next time they do that, those anniversary shows in San Francisco. Yeah. We should go to one of them because they played a club. Man, like five nights in a row. I can see them in a club and not on a Jumbotron. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd now instead of going to a Metallica show, I just go on YouTube. Right. Yep, you can do that. It's the same experience, but a lot cheaper. Yep. And it's high def. Yeah. That's right. HDs. All right, well, we, we're good, I think, on this. Well, yeah. what are we thinking about what's out there nowadays? Because they're still doing stuff that's not album-related. Um, I think, you know. Let's get your closing uh, thoughts. Closing Jason, thoughts. closing thoughts on Metallica. Real quick, uh, what do you think of Newstead's album, Badass? Go. Newstead's album was great. He it came was and he than went. Death Magnetic. Go. <laughs> he came and went. He's Our gone trail. again. Yeah. But uh, you know, Newstead that was great. Or yeah, that's what they just called it. Newstead, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had killer riffs. I love his voice. 
uh, he had a, he's got a good metal voice, and I wished he would have kept going, but he kind of d- disappeared all over again. Well, here's the qualifier. Do you want to touch him a little bit? <laughs> maybe, maybe by this time you've worn me down. I might want to touch one of them. You know? All right, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, my uh, summation of Metallica is: you got money, they'll take it, and they'll put on a good show for it. So go ahead and uh, check them out. Um, if they're not your thing. Then you probably shouldn't even be listening to this podcast. You probably turned it off by now. Yeah, turned it off. By now. <laughs> never, ne- never clicked on play. The the minute they heard, so what do you think of load? They turned it off. Yeah, and just remember, uh, Lars Ulrich is a hell of good drummer. If you don't know that, then you're hella dumb. And Lars was right about Napster. I'll just say it. Yeah, that's I'm true. on his side. Napster what? What is he? What is Napster? Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for being here, Justin. Thanks, JP. Ain't no problem. Ooh! Yeah, yeah!